Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast. Thanks for joining today. One of the cool things about being a NARPM Podcast host is I get to talk to really cool people in the industry and outside the industry. And today, we're going to talk to David Richter, who is the author of The Profit First for Real Estate Investing. So David is an active real estate investor who's been essential in closing over 850 deals over the last seven years which include wholesale, turnkey, the burr, owner finance, rentals, lease options, and other exit strategies you can think of. While growing and building a real estate business from five deals a month to over 25 deals a month, he realized that as much money that was coming in was going right out the door. With the unique opportunity of being in every seat as a real estate investor, he found a calling in a company's finance seat to help businesses see where their money really went. David has helped real estate companies completely turn around from going out of business to building cash reserves by using his Profit First cash flow system. He wrote the Profit First for Real Estate Investors. This book is a derivative of the original Profit First by Mike Michalowicz that is tailored especially for real estate investors. His goal is to completely transform the real estate investing industry when it comes to how real estate investors view their finances. He wants to bring investors true financial clarity and freedom and help every investor stop living deal to deal. And I thought that David is going to be a great addition to the NARPM radio podcast because, look, we're, we're all investors, or at least we should be. You know, sometimes we get too busy in our own business to actually buy real estate investments. I know when I owned Empire, so prior to Empire, like many of you, I was a real estate investor, right? There's only two ways that we get in to the property management business. I don't know anybody that wakes up uh, or, or grows up and says, man, when I grow up, I want to be a property manager, right? Like no one says that. What happened along the way is we become realtors. We start managing properties for some of our investors because we don't want to lose those investor clients. And then eventually we realize like, oh, wow, well, I can't sell as many properties. We hit a downturn. I'm going to go ahead and manage properties. And thus, we get into property management. And then a very small percentage of us go from real estate person that manages a few properties to actual professional property managers. And if you're listening to this, congratulations, you're that in that percentile. The other way that we get in is from the investor side. And that's the way I came in. In 2001, I started buying properties. My first deal was a duplex. And the same day I closed on a hundred unit apartment complex as a passive investor. And then of course I was the active investor on a duplex. So I trial by fire. It was January, 2002 to, to be honest, 2001, I started finding the deals and 2002 I actually closed on both of those properties. So I was able to get a little bit of the passive side of things and then also the active side of things. 
And then I bought so many properties that I literally almost put myself out of business because I was not managing them correctly, poorly, poorly managing them. And then I thought that I actually created an industry for single family property management. My business partner, Steve, and I thought, oh my goodness, look at this. We've, we've all, all knew that there was multifamily management, but none of us knew that there was actually single family management, or we didn't know at the time. And then we ended up running or luckily happening into, by chance, finding NARPM. And that completely changed our business. And we went from, you know, I mean, honestly, we ran a business that, I'll be quite honest here, we did not collect the rent. The rent went to the owners and then we would charge the owners the management fee in an invoice. Yes, we did that. So we had no idea what we were doing. Thank you, NARPM, for making us going, you know, at least we didn't lose our business because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We found NARPM changed so much and we, you know, I feel like we became one of the better businesses in the country. And if you are a NARPM member, I believe you too are one of the better businesses in the country. And so I, uh, when I got to meet David, I'm like, you know, I used to buy properties. I bought properties from 2001, well, January, 2002, all the way until about 2011. And what happened in 2011 was that I started managing property. And the funny thing is we're so busy building our management portfolio and, and building our company that we let deals slide right by us. I can't, I can't even tell you how many deals went right by me, slid right by me because I wasn't looking because I had my head down churning and, and, and just grinding out trying to get the property management company to perform. The funny thing was when I sold my business in 2019, I bought seven houses that year. So within a year and a half after selling. So the funny thing was I'm in the business and I don't buy anything. And then before I'm in the business, I buy stuff. And then after I buy stuff, which is just, it's just kind of crazy. And so the other thing that I realized was that I wasn't running the business properly, not the management business, the rental business. And so I was treating it like I just have rental income. And I wasn't being the CEO of that business. And so I think this conversation with David is going to be really good for, for many of us to hear. And what I also like about this conversation with David is that you can take this information that you learn and from, and I recommend his book. I, I actually read it in preparation, took lots of notes, learned a bunch and uh, implemented with my little real estate investing now. But you can take this to your real estate investors. These are the type of conversations that we need to have with our investor clients, not the conversation of, yeah, your grass was cut today, or yes, we're going to have somebody sit there for four hours and wait for the gas guy to come. Those are not the conversations we want to have. Or the worst ones are, oh yeah, your, your resident didn't pay. Or yes, I promise your resident's going to pay tomorrow. We talk to him tomorrow. Like, Let's have real conversations like, how do you run your real estate business? What are you looking for? I think you can take a lot of nuggets from this conversation with, with David. So here we go. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, 
we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. All right, welcome back, everybody. And thank you again, David, for joining. So, David Richter, appreciate you being here on an open podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on today, Pete. So, David, in your book, Profit First for Real Estate Investing, you mentioned the real estate rat race. Can you tell our audience what that is? Yeah. So a lot of people have come to me because we have a we have a business that helps people. And I've had over 230 calls with investors, real estate investors, business owners. And a lot of them, number one, don't like talking about money. So they don't like talking about the financial side, which kind of spirals down into a lot of people stick their head in the sand then and just don't, you know, like say, here, take my receipts, Mr. Taxman at the end of the year and my shoebox, and, you know, just pawn them off. And they don't really think about the money because we do the deals. I get it. I'm an entrepreneur too. We like doing the deals. We like going out there, finding the deals. If you're a property manager, you like finding the owners who have lots of properties or like the owners that are going to treat you right as well too. And like, we all love going after the deal. The other part of that though, is if once we get those deals and we have money start rolling in, what do we do with it? You know, like, what do you do with that money? And a lot of people who go into business come from a background of they went to school, went to college, maybe started reading, probably started reading books or courses that rich, expanded rich their dad, mind. poor dad, right? rich dad, poor dad. Exactly. <laughs> like I did in college where it totally breaks through some of the barriers that were trained from birth, you know, basically to stand in line, go to school, do these things, and you'll be successful, get a job. But then we're taught from that age, almost to like the rat race is normal, you know, like they're normalizing the rat race, going to school, getting the job, doing the thing, getting the mortgage, so then you, right? Getting the mortgage college. doing, you know, yeah. and then you do, then you start doing that. Even in your business, you start, you know, just paying yourself maybe what you need, or maybe not, or like, you get a big deal in and it covers it, but then you like struggle for a while or you get a, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, you get some owners under management, then you lose some others over here. And it's like, you're trying to figure it all out. What we don't realize is we are trading in like a W2 job. If you jumped from a W2 job into ownership of any type, real estate, investing, property management, no matter what, you're, you picked up some habits, some bad money habits and just some bad habits that aren't conducive to being a strong business owner. And one of them is kind of what we all live in our personal lives or at some point, unless you just have an amazing mentor, coach, parent that instilled it into you from an early age. Unless you had that, then you probably had some bad habits around money, meaning 
your month always came, you know, like without what is any the money. End of the money you know, like, became before exactly. the end of the month. <laughs> exactly. So that's where it can happen to you in business too. And if, if you're a business owner, you're probably laughing and you're like, yeah, I've seen that before. Like, where's all the money? I just took in all this money from these owners or like, I just, you know, bought this deal and sold it and had $20,000 in there. And now I have a thousand, like, where did all the money go? And then we start living in a bigger rat race. It's like the Robert, I love that you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because he's got the game, the cash flow 101. Right. If, you, if you touch any part of real estate, great game, great game to learn the fundamentals of real estate investing and just investing in general. And, but literally you are going around in a circle on that game until you escape your rat race, which is when your passive income is greater than your expenses. Well, a lot of people never break through their own rat race of saying, Hey, the business is paying me what I need now. A lot of people think of themselves last and not that they should be healthy, even though they're the owner, the one driving everything, the one who should be financially motivated and positive and mot motivated the most positively with their business. And yet their business drags them down and they're trying to now escape a bigger rat race because they traded in 40 hours working for someone else, 80 hours working for themselves and then not paying themselves and what less they money. need. Yeah. And right. And they are just living deal to deal or owner to owner or paycheck to paycheck. And that's the real estate rat race to me is you get trapped in the, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice what I need in order to grow the business. When you're not Snapchat, you're not Facebook, you're not going to get this venture capital come in and just float your salary for five years before you <laughs> sell for a billion dollars. You got to make sure that you're building in that you're paying yourself. So that's the rat race is just, if we still have the same mindsets when we come from one aspect like W2 land into ownership or whatever we're doing on the, the other side of the fence. You know, you bring up a really good point. Like you said that we have these old habits and a lot of us feel that once we create our own business, we actually, like we broke through, we broke the habit, mm. but you actually just, like it was like a light bulb that went on. Like, no, we still have those old habits. We just transferring them, which is really right. interesting. So then how do we escape the rat race? I love this question because there's just like you just said, I love that you even said it the way that you did, that we think that we break through the, that barrier just by creating our own business. That is a huge barrier. Okay. For a lot of people taking that risk in yourself, that shows a lot of confidence, a lot of maturity to be able to do that. If you've done that and you're listening to this podcast, or if you're thinking about doing it, here's your push right now. Like, believe in yourself enough to go out and start that. That gives you that first domino effect. But we do, we transfer some of those bad habits. So how do you escape your rat race? I would say the big thing, number one, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, is you need to know your number to escape your rat race. Do you know that? A lot of people never sit down and take a hard look at what am I spending right now? And I'm not gonna tell you, you need to spend less or you need to spend more. I just want you to quantify to sit down and get a number on paper. This is what I need to escape my rat race. I don't care if that's a thousand a month and you're living in a one bedroom studio, or if you're, you know, or if you're at 10,000 a month or 20,000 a month, like whatever that number is for you, get it very secure where, you know, like write that down on a piece of paper, literally pause this podcast and go out and figure out what that is for you. Because that's the first step to escaping your rat race because you don't, you're not, you don't even know you're playing the game until you know the score. You need to know what your score is to get out of that rat race. Where am I right now? How much am I bringing in? And am I able to escape at least my rat race at first? 
because I need to, okay, if that's $5,000, is the business generating enough on a consistent basis to pay me $5,000 a month? If it's not, we don't have a real business. We still have a side hustle. So if that's what it would take to actually get you out of your rat race where you could be fully engaged with your business and not be feeling the financial stress every month of like, shoot, I didn't, you know, like I didn't have enough of what I needed and what I wanted to do. Like, and my wife was asking about groceries or my husband or whatever, your spouse or business partner, you need to know that number. And it's something you need to talk about if you have a significant other in your life, whether that's a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, if you've got a business partner as well on the team, they, you need to know their number because then it's both of you trying to get out of your own rat races and you don't want one partner weighing the other down. You need to be on the same page there, at least when it comes to the money side. That's something that you have to agree on that we're going to get out. So that's the first big step is knowing that number. Then the second thing that will motivate you is write down what you want. So if it's $5,000, just round numbers here to get you out of your rat race. And like, if the business brings that in, that gives you a little bit of like, Hey, I don't have to live deal to deal now. Like I know that the business is bringing in this much consistently, either through the deals that we're doing or the recurring revenue or whatever that brings in your, your income. Then you need to write down what you want because what you want will motivate you. And it will also say, Hey, I, if I want 10,000, you know, 5,000 is my need number. I get, need to get there as fast as possible. But you say, I want to get to 10,000. That's your want number. Guess what? You're going to blow past your need number. And then you're going to mm-hmm. be on your way to your want number if you set that higher goal as well too. Saying, okay, I need 5,000. Once I know I'm there consistently with my business, I'm out of the rat race. If I'm at 10,000, 20,000, that's what I want. And now I can live the lifestyle I want. I can do the things I want to do and be the business owner as well too. Those are very motivating. I've had clients that we've taken through and they just, they, we've had people who have tried to be, you know, they're killing themselves, trying to do too many deals, hire too many people when they only needed a fraction of what they think they needed to cover what they, you know, to bring home and get out of their rat race. And yet they're struggling, you know, and stressed out all the time, you know, like trying to do more. In our industry, we call that adding more doors. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you you know, you might've actually been okay at 150 doors managing, but for whatever reason, you feel like you need to get more and more doors and more and more doors doesn't always equate to more and more profit. Exactly. Because you have to realize too, what does that going to take to get to that level? You know, like what, and if you've already break broken your rat race and you can live a comfortable life, meaning like in your business, you don't have to wake up every single day at the crack of dawn and then go to bed super late at night just to keep your business alive. You know, like if you've gotten to that point in your business, then it's like, okay, I'm where I need. And then that gives you the breathing room to be able to say, do I want to grow and keep, stay profitable as I grow and making sure that I'm taken care of and the business is healthy versus thinking that more doors is just going to solve the problem. Cause it's not usually bigger is not always better. Better is better. So making sure that you're getting better, that you're paying yourself, you're giving yourself the mental freedom because you asked me, the question was, how do you escape your rat race? A lot of it's psychological. If you don't have to wake up and get another door today because you've already broken your rat race, you make decisions differently than when you feel desperate to get that next deal or that that's next a door. Great point. So that's where it's a psychological barrier of where if you free yourself from that, you make decisions from your purpose and not out of fear. 
you make decisions out of fear when it's constantly the scarcity. I need that next door. I need that next deal or whatever versus I don't need that. So I can literally choose the owners I work with. I can choose the doors that I take under management. I can choose the deal that I do if I'm in real estate investing. So that's where that's how you start to escape your rat race is just knowing that number. And then the, there's more to it, but I'll get into some of the later questions here of some practical things you can set up. Well, I like what you said about the side hustle. Your business is a side hustle until it hits that number. I, I never thought of it that way. I always thought, so my, to me, I always have a, my business is a hobby until it actually makes profit. But yeah. I, 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 I like it. My business is a hobby until it actually hits the number that I want to hit. It's a, again, it's a different mindset shift. Uh, I just started a new business called VPM Solutions. And so I call it a hobby because we're not at profitability yet. But yeah. we're nowhere near my number. So uh, yeah. it will be a hobby for a much longer time, I think, until we hit that number. So I, I love that. It's a great mental shift that I just picked up just from our conversation. So most of our listeners are property managers that want to work more with real estate investors. You are a real estate investor. You've worked with over 200 real estate investors. What are you looking for in a property management firm? <laughs> this is a great question. I actually used to run our internal property management of about 100 doors. Uh, we had a lot of lease options and um, several rental properties. So I, <laughs> for me, I wanted to see a couple of different things at a high level. I wanted to see, like, this is getting to the nitty gritty. Like, I wanted to see how many appointments, you know, like on a weekly basis, we had to fill our doors. I wanted to see vacancy rate and I wanted to see, you know, collections rate. Like, how are we doing? So like, those were the high level numbers I wanted to see. But the real thing that every real estate investor wants, and this is the secret, and I think this is exactly what every single business owner wants and person on the planet earth, someone they can communicate with. <laughs> What is I that literally wrote that down. <laughs> so communication is the key. So as long as there's some point of communication of when something goes wrong, here's what happens when something is going right. Here's what happens. Like knowing those lines of communication and that they can read, not, not that you have to be open 24 seven, but that it's reasonable expectation. Do we meet weekly? bi-weekly, you know, like to know and setting those proper expectations with each other too, because obviously you don't want the owners calling you all the time as the property manager. But then also on the other side, you don't want them calling you all the time too, if it's just some problems that could be taken care of on the property management side and they're not huge deals. So it's like, we got to have that, you know, expectation that set up front. What is the communication expectation? You do that. You can mess up as a property manager and say, I did a bonehead thing, but as long as you know the line of communication is open and you're talking with them, those owners are gonna be so much more receptive to you than if you never talk to them, you're hard to get a hold of, you can't ever be reached, and then they read, you know, then you mess up, then you have to tell them, then it's like, oh shoot, you know, like you haven't built that relationship credit. So I would feel that's probably one of the biggest ones is that communication. That's always what I wanted to see too. I'm also. I know that the system that I'm going to be talking about too, profit first, making sure if your owner is actually profitable on these doors and helping them get very clear reports. I'm, I'm all about clarity, getting very clear. What does the report? I don't know how many times I've talked with owners and they're like, the, my property manager sends me these reports and they're a little bit in the hieroglyphics or a different language. So that's another thing too, but that goes with communication, even setting the expectations of this is the report we're going to send you. I need to teach you on our first call and record it, how to read this report. So that way, when I send it to you again, you'll know exactly what you're getting from us. Those types of things go a long way with the owners 
from the owner's box and from staying in the property management seat as well too. That's a great little tip you just gave us. Record that first call, go over it one time, and then they can play that they can exactly. play that video before they call you again, right? And that might reduce that call volume. I will tell you, when I own my property management firm, the the when the rent when the when the financials went out is when our call volume went up. Oh, Every yeah. time. All the time. Every time. Exactly. It's because they usually don't know, understand. And if they do understand, then it's a clarifying question. But that's the great thing. You could set up a whole process is, hey, we've told you how to read the reports. If you have a question on a line item here, submit this ticket and we'll get back to you within 24 hours because we get a lot, you know, we get different requests or whatnot. Right. It's like you can start systematizing your business more if you're setting the proper expectations with the owners. So that way you're not getting those random calls at all hours of the day of like, what the heck is this about? It's like, well, here we go. And this David, is when you get your weekly report. You just gave me another great idea, right? We have so a ticketing system for, for residents, for maintenance requests. We should have a ticketing system for owners. Uh, for exactly. You're just training them. You're training, yeah. you train everyone you work with. I don't care if it's employees, clients, owners, you know, uh, tenants or whatnot, you're training them on your expectation. And if they don't fit this expectation, they're probably not a good fit because if you have multiple people that fit within that expectation, then it's not on you. It's on them. You know, so if like you have owners that, cause that's what we've done with inside our business and whatnot. It's like, if this is not an emergency, you don't need to call me. There's a system for it. And it's like, okay, tell me what kind of urgency this is. This is a level three on a five scale. Well then, okay. For right. 24 to 48 hours is probably going to be okay to get back to them. And you've already set that expectation with that owner. Nice. I, uh, early on, I was, I took a course at NARPM and they said the number one reason why uh, owner clients leave is due to lack of communication. Oh yeah. And the number two reason is you can't get the property leased. And number three is maintenance. And then they go, and then you, and then you can actually put communication in number two and number three. Right. right. Yes. Right. So, <clears throat> so communication, communication, communication. So how can a property manager bring value to their current real estate investor clients? So obviously <clears throat> communication, then setting those right expectations. And then I would also say too, because the focus of what I do, it's called Profit First for Real Estate Investing. I'm the author of that book. And another big thing they can do is making sure that they have a system to track the money, making sure that they at least have that knowledge that you're getting here today. Because a lot of owners just think, you know, oh, the property manager is taking care of it. When you have no, you have no responsibility to the actual financials of the company, like the profit and loss, the balance sheet, you know, like what they're actually making and keeping. You are there to mitigate the, you know, and to help the investor with the actual property and manage it. Make sure that it is performing, but you are not the one that is the accountant or bookkeeper or CFO or whoever on the team. So that's where they need a good system to know. This is what I'm actually keeping from the money that from my rentals and what the return is. So getting them around either, you know, like the profit first system, if they're a real estate investor, there's one for real estate investing. I just think there's obviously a lot of different ways you can help the owner. We talked about communication already, so I don't want to hit that much more. I think that's probably the biggest way you can help them is that communication and the reports, you know, like just being able to explain those things to them. Then the other big thing is what is actually happening on each property, like the breakdown of those properties, which comes from the reports. But then it's also, you know, like, what are they, what can they do with that money? Then is that really theirs from there? Or do they have other things that they need to pay or whatnot, or having a system for the money? And, and that's not something you have to implement. 
It's just something you could give them that book and say, here you go. Like this will help you know what to do with the money that I hand you, you know, like, cause that's what a lot of owners, they think that huh, the, they think they get the money from you, the property manager. And it's either, I'm going to either blow all of this, or I'm just going to turn it into more rentals or whatnot. And they don't know, like, what should they do with that passive income or that income that's coming from their property manager? That would also be a huge thing to be able to say, Hey, here's some ideas on what to do with that, you know, like with this book or with this thought process around profit first and just getting that concept really nailed down with them. And I think that I've had several property managers who have said, who have asked me like, can I do this with the owner? Like, I think this would be a really good system with them. Like I'd love to help them implement it or whatnot, because honestly, at the end of the day, it might make their job easier too, the property manager, because now the owner knows and they don't get as many calls because it's like, okay, I understand the breakdown of the money that you sent me because you want, you explain the reports to me. And now I know what to do with the money from here as well too. And not getting calls are like, oh, should I put it into this property over here? Do this over there? You know, like now they have a better idea of what to do with it. Yeah. One of the things that I did when I owned my property management firm was uh, we had Joey Coleman on a, f- a awesome. few episodes ago. <clears throat> and so I'm, I got into the never lose a client, a customer again. And one of the things we did is we had a, we actually had a real estate book that when somebody signed up with us, we would send them that book as a gift. Nice. And so this would be a great, a, a great book to send your clients when they sign up. Because now, like the, the book I gave them was just basic. It was basic investing. But if they're coming to you, that means they invested in most cases, right? Right. And so yeah. you give them this book. So now this would be even a, a much better idea. So if you're out there, uh, maybe get a whole bunch of David's books, and you can actually give them out when you have uh, clients that sign up. And, and I don't make a ton off these books, so this is not for book sales. It's the if you got value out of the front end of this podcast where we talked about escaping the rat race. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about in this book is escaping the rat race, what to do with the money when it comes in, how to be really profitable, because that's where you can make the better decisions in your business. And you can either just decide to scale and grow or not, and just be more profitable on the smaller end. It's like, that's what we're trying to do is trying to give them a good set of mindsets, skills that they've never heard about or never learned because come on, like, we don't, because if we get any information on the financial side, it's usually a boring dry accountant or a boring CPA or like bookkeeper or whatnot. And like all those words just may want to make people run for the hills. <laughs> they so yo- this I'm is yo- where I, this I can see people yawning already just that. Right, exactly. <laughs> just from going through that list. So that's why I don't talk about anything like jargony, you know, like accountant jargon in that book. It's more about what to do with your money what to do to make sure you're profitable and how do you escape your rat race and how do you get out of this and how do you make sure that you are actually doing something with the money that comes into your hands and, you know, getting it to what your purpose is. And it's funny. I was, I was actually reading your book in preparation for this podcast and I realized I need a couple more bank accounts from my holdings. I have about 70 nice. properties and I'm like, why don't I not have a, a tax and a, uh, and a, you know, a tax account and why do I not have a profit account? And I'm like, Man, I need to. I so I need to implement some of the stuff, some of the, I, some of the learnings from the book. Awesome. So your book literally creates a financial system to help real estate investors keep more of their money they're making. Can you elaborate a little bit more on it? I mean, yeah. We, we so let's talk about bit. the actual system now that we've <clears throat> yeah. given people a taste here. Profit first is all about number one, the mindset, which we've covered a little bit with escaping the rat race. But in the book, I cover it like this. It's a lot of people get a broken formula. Sales minus expenses equals profit. Remember the bad habits we were talking about? Yep. This covers yep. these bad habits because everyone thinks it's, I make a sale, I pay everyone else and their mother first, 
And then I get the dregs of what's left over. I get whatever's left over at the end of the day or the end of the year, or maybe I'll sell one day in the future and then it will all be worth it. You know, it's like, that's what we get. And that's the kind of, the kind of things that we get from other people as well, too. Like you just have to grind through the, you know, like through this time period and like, don't take anything for yourself and you just got to be successful. And you know, this is how you do it. And you got to sacrifice blah, blah, blah. Okay. I get some of that, but on the other side, is a better formula, especially if you are in the investing world at all as a property manager or as a real estate investor, we love our formulas. The other side of that formula, the profit first formula is sales minus profit equals expenses. Meaning I make a sale, I take my profit first off the table. And then what I have left over is what I paid for the rest of the business and making sure that the, the operational expenses are covered, which is a totally different mindset shift. And the habit that we're trying to build. We're trying to build profitability. And when I say that, a lot of people already, they jump ahead and they think like, well, I'm already struggling for air now. How can I be profitable at all? And I'm not talking about you go from 0% profitability to 50% or 20 or 10. You know, like I'm going like from zero to one. Can you go, if you're not at 1% profitability right now, can you get there? So that's where a lot of people, it's that mindset first. But I feel like in the real estate investing world too, even the profit first formula, even though it's amazing, it doesn't cover exactly what we need because we've heard it before. In Robert Kiyosaki's books, he always says, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. That's another version of that formula. In The Richest Man in Babylon, another book in the real estate investing you know, circles that I go to, they, it says, a portion of all I have is mine to keep. You know, So it's like we hear that message and we hear that formula just spoken in different ways. And I feel the big problem with that is is we don't have a system to make it a habit. That's where Profit First takes it to the next level and says, not only is this habit and this mindset going to help you, here's how to set up a system for that. Profit First is a system to create that habit. It uses bank accounts, like making sure that you have the proper bank accounts open and set up that are specific for your business to help you arrive at those goals. And in the book, I tell like this, and usually when I'm out speaking, I say, it's the golden trio of accounts that you need. And I'm a big movie buff nerd. I love the big Harry Potter sagas and Star Wars. And those epic movies have three main heroes. Luke, Han, Leia, you know, always pushing the story for good in Star Wars, making sure good wins in the end. Well, your business is your epic saga. It is your story that you are weaving right now that you will leave on in legacy. And no matter if you sell it, pass it on to a children, pass it on to employees, whatever you do with it, you know, sell all the properties, sell your, sell your portion in your property management business, whatever it is, that is your epic saga that you're building right now. Well, you need three main heroes, making sure you're going to win in the end. And what are those three main heroes? They're three bank accounts. It's a profit bank account, an owner's compensation and an owner's tax account. Pete, you were talking about this a little bit when, you know, like some of the accounts you need to set up and the profit, the owner's comp and the owner's tax, they're for the benefit of the owner. Profit is something that you distribute once a quarter. So not once a year, hopefully it's once a quarter that you take up to 50% out of that account. That's literally because you started the business and you're getting the reward for taking the risk. This is like your return on investment account you know, like the return on investment for starting my business or to crush debt. If you have bad debt, that's crushing you, keeping you up at night. That's the account to use to start knocking it down. The owner's comp is the rat race account. Meaning if you start filling up the owner's comp on a consistent basis, that owner's compensation account is to say, can I start what the example I had at the beginning? 
$5,000. Can I start filling that account up with $5,000 a month consistently so I can start getting out of my rat race? I know that if I start filling up the owner's comp, I can take $5,000 a month on a consistent basis and I now can pay myself consistently what I need. That account, I would suggest taking it out on a consistent basis, more like weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. So that one's a more frequent to pay yourself for actually working in the business and to escape the rat race as soon as possible, your rat race. So that's the owner's comp account. Then the owner's tax is to make sure if you're going to pay taxes at the end of the year, that you're saving a little bit of that all the time throughout the year. Now that you're making profit, you're going to have some tax, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're not the one that owns the rentals, because if you're a rental owner, you can depreciate a lot. But if you are in the active business and you're making active income, whether through fix and flipping or property management, you know, like it's all from not owning uh, units or a lot of depreciable assets like that, then you're going to need to save for taxes throughout the year. Because having different bank accounts instead of that one big account where everything goes in and everything goes out and you're tossing a cash salad all the time. (laughs) Now you can see the cash in the different accounts. And as you've seen here, this system works with the entrepreneur, not not just with the accountant or bookkeeper. Like I've talked about cash and I've talked about bank accounts. I've not talked about a profit and loss, a balance sheet, financial statements, software that you need to have. This is literally where you just go up, set up bank accounts and make sure that you keep filling up those buckets by certain percentages, like what works for you right now. If you can't do 10% profitability, do 1%, like start somewhere. The whole point of me telling you about these accounts is not for you to get really technical and like, what should these percentages be? You're going to figure that out over time. What you need to do is set up at least one account, at least one from this from this exact podcast, because if you set up one account and start just transferring 1% into there, call it profit, you're starting to build the profit habit, what I call the wealth habit of wealthy people, not just rich people, but wealthy people that keep money for a long time, build wealthy habits. This is one of those key principles and foundational habits. So set up one account, start transferring money into there from every deal or from every, you know, from every time you get income into your account, you transfer 1% of what your profit is. So that way you can make sure you're building the habit. So there, there's a high level overview of the system without going into a whole lot more, but there's a I deep dive it a whole lot more inside Profit First for Real Estate Investing book. Yeah. And I, and I promise you, if you read the book, like I did, I already have a couple of takeaways. And I, and honestly, I went in there thinking, well, it's for profit, it's for real estate investors. And so I'm like, okay, it's for real estate investors. So I'm just going to do it just to more, just to learn more about what David's doing. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I can do this for my real estate. I can do this for, because some of us don't even think of ourselves as real estate investors. We own four or five homes, but we think of ourselves as property managers. And yet it's mm-hmm. like, oh, and then you have this this one, what do you call it, cash salad account. Yeah. So, so I love that. All right, so if we as managers understand this system and this concept, would would we be able to help our investor clients? I would say yes, because if you are... It depends on how deep you want to get into it. If you want to hand up the book, that's the best step because they need to feel it viscerally. Like they need to see the money moving. They need to be a part of those conversations so they know that the habit's being built. You can definitely help them. It depends on what the property manager does. Do they help transfer money or do they put money into a certain account? You know, like, do you help the owner set up an income account? We didn't talk about that, but like setting, make sure that they have an income account where all deposits go in and then the owner distributes it to their profit first profit accounts, account. like those profit owner's comp, owner's tax, like at least you're helping them 
not, you know, not create more chaos in that one bank account. So like maybe tell them, set up a separate account. That's just for the income. It all goes in there. And then you tell the money where to go on profit first. So there's different ways, depending on how involved you want to get. But yes, I would think at least at the bare minimum, handing them the book and saying, if you want to get out of your rat race, I know you're trying to build the rentals, but like what you want to do with this money to make sure you're actually building the right habits on the back end when we distribute this money to you, read this book or listen to this podcast or listen to, you know, like try and just get them the information. Cause yes, I've had several property managers to say, can I help them set this up? I'm like, yes, it depends on how deep you want to dive in with them. Do you want to help them set up the five accounts? You know, I know like five main accounts here, you know, or like, do you just want to help them set up an income account? So that way they have an account that's different from where all their other money is. So that way they're transferring the money where it should go and they've got more control now. So yes, I would hundred percent agree that a property manager can help this if nothing else, but giving them the book and saying, this will help you with the mindset and making sure you're getting out of your rat race. Well, this is one of those, this is one of those instances where you can build that relationship that we're always talking mm, about. You said yeah. you hit on it with the Big communication, time. right? So imagine if you, we had a client and you're literally helping them, you're buying a book, you're teaching them how to make more money off their, off their real estate investment. <laughs> you become an advisor, not just a property yep. manager. And you so, become way more valuable. Do you think they'll ever, <clears throat> ever leave you? Do you think they'll also give you 10 times more referrals if they said, not only did they take my properties, they have great communication, but also they gave me this book and like, now I'm actually profitable and I understand where all my money's going because yeah. of like what this says. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent and back that up, Pete, it, it, it much more it puts you in the advisor seat, which is way more valuable than just the property manager seat that people, people typically think of a percent. They get a percent of the money that's coming in. That's the end of the relationship. If you just take yep. that up one notch, you will distinguish yourself from any other property manager out there. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. It's the we are too busy doing task related items and yep. we're we're losing the the war on the building a relationship being proactive. And yep. so we're winning all these battles on on this stuff. So we have to figure out a, a low cost solution to to solve the 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 tasks through automation virtual team members and then your your US-based people, your property managers, the people you pay the most in our industry, those are the ones that they have to build the relationships. Because when you build the relationships, less yep. churn, more referrals, you know, and so there's so much good that happens in that. And then you start building deeper relations when you talk in items like David's book here. When you start talking items like that, now it's like you are now, you're not just a property manager, you're somebody who knows about real estate investing. In, in right. Yeah, exactly. So what is the secret weapon in business to massive profitability? So the secret weapon that a lot of people don't know about is what I call fractional leadership. A lot of businesses, when they start growing, they start adding team members. They start needing help in admin or operations or finance or whatever. But a lot of times they don't even know how to manage those people or they don't know if they're the right person, or they don't know, or that person is the right person. They've got the right attitude, go can do spirit, but they just don't know. They're not proficient at the job, or they've never sat in that type of seat before. And neither have you. And you're kind of like, this person's amazing. I don't want to lose them for anything, but they're not, you know, they're just not equipped for this position. And it's like, and sometimes it's hard to find the trifecta there of they get it, they want it, and they have the capacity to do it too. You know, like that they have all three of those. I so that's where the US model right there. There you go, traction. right there. So <clears throat> that's where I call it fractional leadership. And you might have heard of this before a fractional COO or a fractional CFO, where mm -hmm. it's a part time leader 
that's been where you want to be, but it's hiring them for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. Think about this. If you're in real estate or property management, at some point, you've either picked up a book or you've picked up, or you maybe have picked up a course or a mentor or guide, you know, or whatnot up to this point to help you. If you're listening to this podcast, you are listening to a mentor and guide. You've got Pete here. You've got good people that you're listening to trying to get the information to become better. What I like about fractional leadership is it takes a specific role in the business and says, here's how you can do this and advises on a specific area. Because a mentor might be guiding you as the owner or the CEO and helping you break through your own barriers. But what about the people on your team? Like if you're trying to create a real business, you need a financial department. So like, do you know you have the right bookkeeper or CPA and are they talking to each other? You know, and that's where you have to have a leader in that area that knows. And even at a, even if you're just starting out, you know, if you're smaller, that's where a lot of people think I can't hire a COO or I can't hire a CFO because they're super expensive. And like, I just have to take what I can get. But that's where a lot of people don't realize that there's people out there that do this for a fraction of the time and cost of a, of a full-time hire, but it's like a mentor and guide that's there for a specific area. I hired a fractional COO for our business because I've got, we've grown enough. I have a leadership team and on that leadership team, I want to train some of those leaders to be even better. So I hired someone who's been at the nine figure level, has like sold a building for 160 million, you know, like, and he's helping us on a very part-time basis but like helping train those leaders because I want them to be raised up to the eight, nine figure level as human beings, as, as those directors too in the business. I've got a mentor for myself. We have a fractional CFO to make sure that the finances are in order to make sure that I have the right bookkeeper, the right CPA, they're talking to each other and that the owner like me, that I know what's going on in the business. So that's what we do as well too. We have a fractional CFO company that pairs small businesses with a CFO to put on the team to be able to say, here's what you should do because the financial portion is usually the last area to get looked at in a business and the least sexy of all of them, the sales, marketing, operate, like anything else usually takes the front seat before that. So that's why we said you need someone who's been down that road, who can help you as an owner to know how to build this department and what you should be looking at. A lot of owners don't even know the questions to ask, to ask themselves or to ask of their people. That's what that leadership, the, the fractional type of leadership can do in a business, which equates to more money in the pocket, less stress from the owner, less time the owner needs to spend learning or doing these things. It's almost like they're there to guide and mentor the, the CEO from that specific area. So I call it the secret weapon because if I would have known this you know, like years ago, I would have had, you know, like I would have hired people sooner because they're not as expensive as hiring a full-time CFO who could be $200,000, $250,000 a year. And so a lot of people say- And you're literally learning that, all the right, stuff exactly. that, they, that they've learned. And what they've learned, and they're able to guide and direct. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where a lot of people say, well, I'm too small, or I don't make enough for a COO or a CFO. Well, if you get a fractional person, this literally covers if you're in business, unless you just started or something, like you just are, you know, you have one door or like you did your first deal, then it's like, okay, you probably are too small for a full-time, you know, leader like that, a CFO or COO, but you're too large not to have someone to direct that area to make sure you're not going out of business. So that's where that I see, I say it's a secret weapon because I didn't even know Love about it. this till a few years ago that there were fractional type leaders that you could hire in order to help with specific areas of the business. I love it. We're going to be right back. We'll get a little bit more. We're going to come back to the, the lightning round. David, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? 
Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations, like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. Welcome back, everybody, to the, the lightning round. You like my little lightning sound? Yeah, that's awesome. All right, we're going to ask you a series of questions. They're not supposed to be super thought-provocative, but if you okay. if, if it's one or one one word, one sentence answers, if you want to expand more, we're, we're gonna, we have at it. Will do. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in business? Uh, yeah, believe in yourself. I love that one. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, even though I had it yesterday because my wife loves it on pizza. So I had to eat one of the pieces. And I'm like, this just doesn't do it for me. Oh, man. I'm with you on that side. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? Oh, boy. I'm always reading something. Right now, I just finished the four spiritual laws of prosperity. And then I have obviously Profit First has impacted me. And then another book by uh, Keith Cunningham, The Road Less Stupid. I always recommend that one. I like that one too. Keith Cunningham. If you don't know Keith Cunningham, I would say definitely look up some of his books too. He's uh, Oh yeah, he's big time. Which Marvel character do you most associate with? Oh, probably Captain America. I like it. What is one challenge you are currently facing in your business? Growth. A lot of people need what we want. And so we're just constantly hiring people on our team, good CFOs. So we're about up to 30 CFOs on our team because there's so many people that are coming on board with, with our team. Nice. Congratulations. Clients. No, I appreciate that. Yep. What was your first job? Painting houses. Really? Yep. You're a painter, huh? In the summer. Yep. A painter. What is your ideal vacation? Oh boy. That's a good one too. Ideal vacation? Probably going anywhere. I don't even care where it is and just shutting everything off. Computer, phone, all that. 
I was able to do that a couple of days last week. I'm like, this is it. I don't care where I am as long as I get to do all this and like shut everything down. So to me, it's no techno technology free vacation. You know, it's funny. I, I, I always, I have a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and every time I ask them this, this is the hardest question from the answer. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Like I haven't taken a vacation <laughs> in so long, you know, whatever, right? I can get, whatever I can get a couple of days. That's pretty funny. Um, other than the NARPM podcast, what's another podcast you recommend? Well, besides mine, like the Profit First REI podcast. There you go. What's in a, obviously bigger pockets. I like them as well too. Man, oh. there's I could go down the list there. Real estate disruptors. There's a lot out there that I really enjoy in the real estate world. Which do you prefer, dogs or cats? Oh boy, dogs. I'm allergic to dogs, but I still probably like dogs better. <laughs> That's a true dog guy right there. All right. Well, David, appreciate it. You completed the lightning round. If someone wants to get a hold of you or yeah. buy the book or get to your podcast, give us the links. Give us no, uh, how to there's get There's one link for all of that. Simplecfosolutions.com. So simple CFO, like chief financial officer, CFOsolutions.com. And when you get go there, you can schedule a call with us. Even if we're not the right service for you, I promise we have the person in the financial realm that can help you, whether it's a bookkeeper, accountant, CPA, or if you need a part-time CFO to help your business be more profitable, put more money in your pocket. So that's where you could schedule a call with us, no obligation. Then we've also got the podcast link there to the Profit First RIA podcast and the book link, which is just a link right to Amazon. And if you order the book and you read it, please re leave a review on there because that's how it gets, the word gets out more. We want to get the word out more, even if it's just like, hey, love the read or whatnot. It just helps get it out there. And I'm just trying to get the message out more so people aren't left in their rat race in their business. Excellent. Thank you, David. If you want yeah. to join NARPM, go to narpm.org, N-A-R-P-M.org, or you can call them at 800-782-3452. And if you're looking for a virtual team member, go to VPM Virtual Property Management, vpmsolutions.com. We have now over 7,300 available virtual team members looking for work in the property management industry. David, thanks again, and everybody have a great rest of your day. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.